Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, welcoming you once again to our conversation about practical issues related to ministry leadership. A few weeks ago on the podcast, I first referenced a major study by Lifeway Christian Research about the greatest needs of pastors in 2022. And I did a couple of other podcasts on different aspects of that, but uh, the study has now released its final uh, report, and I found it to be very interesting on a couple of levels. And I want to talk about the two issues that are surfaced in this final release of this major study and see if I can give you some help today, particularly those of you who are in pastoral ministry or in other church leadership roles on dealing with these two big issues. The first one is this. The number one challenging problem that pastors identified today that they are struggling with more than anything else in dealing with the people of their churches is apathy. Apathy. It's that lack of commitment that is the most difficult problem. About half of all U.S. Protestant pastors say that people's apathy or lack of commitment is the primary church problem they find most challenging. Apathy, lack of commitment. Half the pastors surveyed in America said this was the number one challenge they were dealing with in their congregations. Now, another related question that was asked concerned challenges pastors find in dealing with people in their congregations. And I found it very interesting that, again, almost half of the pastors identified a cluster of issues that were particularly challenging in build, in relating to what are sometimes called the people dynamics or the people issues of ministry. Close to half the pastors surveyed across the United States, across all denominations, said that dealing with people's strong opinions about non-essentials, resistance to change in the church, and political views were the three key people dynamic or people issue or people relationship problems that they had to manage as pastors. So let me review those three again because they all rated uh, between 44 and 48% of all pastors in the country saying, these are the people challenges I deal with. Number one, people have strong opinions about non-essentials. Number two, people are resistant to change in the church. And number three, People have political views, and they bring them to church. Now, interestingly enough, younger pastors expressed these problems more frequently as difficulties for them in leadership than did older pastors, which shouldn't surprise us. Younger pastors, and I was certainly one of those, struggle more relationally than perhaps some other pastors who maybe have some better experience and broader experience in dealing with the kinds of issues that we're talking about today. So here's two clusters of issues that are a struggle for pastors today. Ministry leaders struggle with apathy and lack of commitment, and ministry leaders struggle with relational or people issues, especially these three that I've mentioned Strong opinions about non-essentials, resistance to change in the church, and people expressing political positions as a part of their church involvement. 
So I want to talk about responding to these two issues. I want to talk about responding to pastoral challenges today, particularly responding to the challenge of apathy and lack of commitment, and then secondarily, responding to how to deal with these people challenges that plague us in ministry leadership. Well, in order to address the issue of apathy or lack of commitment, I think we first have to agree that this is not a program problem. It is something far deeper. In other words, you will not solve this problem by having better brochures or a nicer website or anything like that. You're not going to solve the apathy problem by uh, creating a greater momentum or energy in the worship service or having songs that everyone likes to sing or anything like that. You're not even going to solve this apathy problem, certainly not, by lowering the standards of commitment to try to make it easier for people to demonstrate some level of spiritual growth or some level of spiritual interest. Lowering the standards doesn't do the job either. So if the solutions are not in better marketing or better public relations or uh, better services or more singable songs, if the solutions are not in lowering the bar so that people look more committed even though they're not, if that's not the solution, then what is? Well, I'm going to give you a very simple answer. The solution is helping people to engage with and obey the Word of God. Now, that's simple, but it is not easy. Real spiritual transformation, real spiritual growth, real spiritual commitment is only facilitated by the transformative power of the Word of God shaping our minds, our attitudes, our emotions, and then, perhaps most importantly, our actions. So the solution to spiritual apathy and lack of commitment is fresh engagement with the Bible and obeying it, putting it into practice as the outcome. I think about a well-known passage of Scripture in the book of James chapter 1, beginning in verse 22. The Bible says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like someone looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer who works, this person will be blessed in what he does. This passage speaks of superficiality, another way of saying apathy and lack of commitment. Superficiality is in this passage in a couple of clear places. The first one is in this illustration of the person who looks into the Word of God like a person looking into a mirror. And the passage says that when you look at yourself in a mirror and immediately step away and forget what kind of person you saw, nothing really changes. This illustration of the mirror is the illustration of a person who looks into the Bible, sees what it says, but then moves on quickly without being transformed. And in the first part of the text, the second way this 
superficiality is described is that little phrase, deceiving yourselves. Claiming to be something you're not. Putting yourself forward as something other than what really is true. Deceiving yourselves. Now, in order to fix this superficiality, this apathy, this lack of commitment, this passage advocates for taking seriously what the Bible says and putting it into practice. It really speaks strongly of this in verse 25. It says, but the one who looks intently into the perfect law, who looks intently, that phrase could also be translated, who fixes his or her gaze. This is not a passing glance. This is not cutting the eyes in one direction or the other. This is fixating on the Bible, fixating on the Word of God. This is looking intently into it with depth, with intent, looking for real truth and transformation. And it's not just a one-time experience. The verse continues and says, the one who does this also perseveres in it. The word perseveres means continually striving, continually working, continuing the effort. So the one who looks intently, who fixes his or her gaze, who stares straight ahead into the depths of the law of God or the word of God in this context, and then perseveres in it, stays with it, continually does it, maintains the process of it. It says this person is what? Not a forgetful hearer. Not someone who is going to quickly forget what they've heard or what they've learned, but instead internalizes it. Internalizes it. Now, you have to back up a few verses to pick up that phrase, but it says in verse 21 that this person humbly receives the implanted word. The implanted word, meaning something has been placed within you that then becomes part of you. I recently had a friend who had some, a, a, part, a portion of his eye removed and an artificial implant placed there to replace what had been removed. That implant was put in him, but then it became part of him, and as the years go by, it will grow to be fully encased in his eye and part of who he is, implanted. That's the idea. Something that's placed in you, that becomes part of you, is permanently rooted there such that it becomes who you really are. So this passage is saying to us that the key to transformation, the key to transformation to overcoming apathy, overcoming lack of commitment, overcoming superficiality, the key is to engage the Bible in a serious way that results in transformation. Now, as a ministry leader, what does this mean for you? Well, it means that your primary methodology for transformation in the lives of the people who follow you is helping them to engage seriously with the Word of God and be transformed by what they learn. Now, there's obviously some 
simple ways that you do this. The first way is for many of you to preach from the Word of God. To preach, to declare truth, to communicate new information, to help people understand the Bible, to preach. That's one way that you help people to, to engage the Bible. Another way is, of course, to teach, uh, to lead Bible studies and lead courses and lead seminars and otherwise communicate information that helps people understand what the Bible means. But let me take you to another example of this that maybe isn't as prevalent today, and that's to memorize the Bible. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, Scripture memory is so hard, and it's so difficult to maintain the discipline, and I'm not sure that I can ever really do that. Well, I've been watching some different churches, including one where I preached very recently, uh, who've reinvigorated Scripture memory as a way of helping people to encounter the Word of God. What they've done is they've selected one or maybe two verses each month, and as a part of every worship service, they read the verse out loud together, and then as the month goes on, they eliminate a phrase or two from the verse on the screen they're using, and they say the verse again with those phrases eliminated. And it's amazing. It's amazing to me how even repeating a Scripture verse once a week over a period of three or four consecutive weeks, helps people to learn that verse well enough that they can actually fill in the blanks that are left on the screen as different aspects of the verse are eliminated. Now, whether you use that approach or not is immaterial to me, but what I'm emphasizing today is finding a way to help people engage the Bible even at the level of memorizing key verses that become then a part of their perpetual thinking and mindset moving forward. So there's at least three ways I'm describing today that you as a ministry leader can help people in your church to engage the Word of God preaching, teaching, memorizing. Now, I know what you're thinking. I turn into this podcast hoping to get a new idea. That is about the oldest idea possible. I mean, come on, Jeff. Don't you have something newer, more cutting edge? I mean, isn't there some methodology that you could just sort of lay out for us that you've seen somewhere in some context in some of your travels that would really fast forward this process of spiritual transformation so that we could get people past apathy and past their lack of commitment and moving past superficiality and to a point where they're really, really growing, changing, developing? No. Sorry, but there really isn't. The only way that I know, the only way that I know to overcome apathy, lack of commitment, and superficiality is to help believers seriously engage the Bible. Now, having said it that way, though, let me hasten to add that preaching, teaching, memorizing, no matter how seriously it's done, really doesn't accomplish the goal that we've set out for of overcoming apathy or overcoming uh, lack of commitment. We have to go beyond that, and that's where this passage in James helps us. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it 
is not a forgetful hearer, but here's the key phrase, but a doer who works. I love that. But a doer who works. A person who has heard preaching, experienced teaching, and even participated in memorizing the Bible will not really be transformed until they become a doer of the word, and that doing of the word is strenuous enough to the point that it is described as being work. So, facilitating people engaging with the Bible and doing so in a significant way so that it results in them actually doing what they're learning, putting it into practice, is the way that apathy is overcome, lack of commitment is eclipsed, superficiality is erased. We want people to do more than glance at the mirror of the Word of God like this passage says in James and then walk away unchanged. We want them to peer intently into it see their imperfections, see the adjustments that are needed, see how their lives do not line up with what they're reading, and make the decisions to make the adjustments so that life changes and spiritual vitality results. So while I'm glad for all of the extraneous things that we often do to bring some life and vibrancy and excitement and maybe even an emotional charge to our ministries that we do in various capacities in churches and organizations. None of those things are necessarily wrong or bad or evil or even uh, inappropriate, but none of them are really going to produce the lasting change that only comes from engaging and then doing the Word of God. So I want to challenge you today, ministry leaders. The first problem that pastors identified and the biggest problem they've identified among church members across the country, is apathy and lack of commitment. And the way that's addressed is by fresh engagement with the Word of God and facilitating the obedience to what we're learning so that real transformation takes place. Now let's go on to the second problem I identified at the beginning of the podcast, and that is the problem of relational struggles or people issues that pastors deal with. I highlighted the top three that they mentioned, and these were listed by almost half of all pastoral respondents. They said the three most troublesome people issues are people have strong opinions about non-essentials, they resist change, and they bring their political views to church. Now, what is it that we can do to confront all three of these issues? Well, You have to boil it down and ask yourself the question, what do these three kind of people issue, people relationship, people dilemma problems, what do they all three have in common, and what is it that they threaten, or what is it that causes them to be negative in relationship to the ministry of a church? Well, the answer to that is all three of these issues strike at the core of the mission of the church. And so the solution to all three of these issues is refocusing on your mission and making sure that you maintain what I call mission discipline. Now, mission discipline is when 
all aspects of an organization or a church, all aspects of its function, line up with the organization or the church's mission. And one of your most important roles as a ministry leader is to keep your organization focused narrowly on its mission. I know at Gateway, people sometimes ask me, what's the hardest part about being president of Gateway Seminary? Well, they're expecting me to say fundraising or faculty relations or trustee management or administrative problems or student deportment, but none of those are the hardest problem at Gateway. My biggest challenge as the president of this school is keeping us focused on our mission and not letting anything distract us from the one thing we're here to accomplish. You have the same challenges as a ministry leader, whatever your context. Your church organization has a mission. And staying focused narrowly on that mission and accomplishing it no matter what, that is your most significant challenge. And in fact, the reason that these three issues I've identified, which are, quote, people issues in local church ministry, the reason these three issues are so difficult is because they all strike at what is the core mission of the church. For example, when you're thinking about non-essentials, listen, the core mission of the church is not to solve theological debate or to resolve theological minutia, to deal with the non-essentials of our faith. That is not our mission. Our mission is not resisting change or holding on to the past or, 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 or fulfilling a legacy. Our mission is about reaching people with the gospel and changing the lives of people. That's our mission. And our mission is definitely not political engagement, although in our culture right now, that seems to be the main thing people want the church to do. So your task as a ministry leader to overcome these three problems in the aggregate, which is as a threat to your mission, your challenge as a ministry leader is to stay narrowly focused on your mission. This means your actions and your policies and your budgets and your personnel decisions and even the rewards you give to employees and volunteers all align with the mission. And the closer that alignment, the healthier the organization will be and the more focus there is on your mission, the less these other three issues I've already identified that were a dis relational distraction to ministry, the less they're going to be able to dictate the direction you're going. Now, here are some suggestions that I want to give you about maintaining mission discipline. The first one is to make sure that your personal mission aligns with your organizational mission and that you are personally modeling what you want done. So that means you can't be the one who is expressing strong opinions about non-essentials. You can't be the one who is resistant to change. And you definitely can't be the one who's bringing your political issues and views into church. If you're going to stay focused on your mission, the first thing you have to do is make sure that your personal life, your personal behavior, your personal activity lines up with the mission of your church and that people see no difference between who you are and what you're trying to accomplish and who your church is and what it's trying to accomplish. This is called mission discipline. It's also called mission alignment when the mission of the leader and the mission of the organization are perfectly in line or they are even the same. So step one to overcome these kind of challenges is to clearly articulate your mission 
align your personal mission with your organization's mission, and make sure that those things run along in parallel fashion. Second, second way to overcome these problems is to communicate openly and often and repeatedly about your organization's mission, and then do all you can to stay focused on it. Now, this includes, of course, formal venues like your blogs and speeches and sermons and social media and other things like that. But it also includes informal uh, avenues like the hallway chit-chat and after meeting conversations and you know coffee uh, in the meeting in the coffee shop after the meetings, all those kind of venues as well. You know your followers are listening all the time, uh, not just when you're in the meeting or not just when you're up preaching in the pulpit or anything like that. They're listening all the time, and so you want to be sure you communicate a consistent message about what really matters, which is your mission, and all and at all times and in all contexts. It's this mission, mission, mission that's coming out of your mouth. Now, let me underscore what we're trying to address here. The survey that I'm quoting said that the biggest relational challenges were about non-essentials, resisting change, and political views. There's one commonality of all three of these, and that is in each case, people are trying to establish a different mission for the church. Our mission is to preserve our integrity on these non-essentials. Our mission is to hold on to the things the way they've always been and to preserve the legacy. Our mission is to elect a Republican, (laughs) to foist our political position forward. That's our mission. And so all three of these, the commonality is they are a threat to your mission. And so rather than trying to address each of these individually or see them as a a threat that you have to deal with one-on-one or one, one at a time. Instead, recognize the challenge you face is keeping the organization, in this case a church, focused on its mission at all costs. So first, we're going to have mission alignment so that we are personally aligned with our mission. Second, we're going to communicate openly, often, and repeatedly about our mission and try to eliminate both formal and informal conversations, presentations, and other discussions that take us away from our mission. Then third, to stay focused on your mission, make sure that you allocate your resources to your mission. Now, you have two. The first resource is your money, and the second resource is your time. And so you want to make sure that your resources are really allocated to those things. And so while people might be clamoring For these other three things I've been mentioning, non-essentials, resistance to change, uh, and political positions, they might be advocating and clamoring for something more to be done about those things, and you may not be able to control all the words that come out of their mouths about these issues. As a leader, you do have some significant say over where the money is allocated and where time is allocated in your organization, and you want to stay focused on both those things. Then another allocation, a resource you can allocate is people. You want to make sure that you're recruiting volunteers, and if you have the resources, employing staff that are focused narrowly on your mission, not these other things people are trying to distract you to do. And then you want to make sure that as best you can, you hire people, you promote people, you employ people who are really loyal to your mission and focused on that. You really can't afford to have employees who are joining the chorus of these detractors who are talking about these people issues that are getting us off track. And finally, 
You have to be willing to root out the things that are distracting to your mission, whether it's people or programs or processes or policies, whatever it is, it's got to go if it's detracting from your mission. Now, as we said at the beginning of the podcast today, there's in this final uh, release of this major survey done by Lifeway Christian Research, there are two big overarching challenges pastors claim they're facing. The first one is apathy and lack of commitment among church members. How do you solve that? By fresh engagement with the Bible and by leading people to do what they're learning so that that transformation that takes place is real and evident and shows up in the ongoing ministry of a church. And then how do we solve these relational or what the survey called people issues or people dynamics? Well, we recognize that the commonality of these three issues that are raised is that all of them are trying to detract the church from its mission. In fact, they're trying to get the church to adopt a different mission, a mission of focusing on some non-essential issue or focusing on preserving the past or focusing on people's political positions and making that the mission of the church. Your solution to that, those efforts is to keep centered on your mission and to structure both your life, your communication, and then your allocation of resources, meaning people, money, and time, all to your mission. Doing this means you will magnify the mission and cause all of these detractors to have to diminish in their influence because the mission remains paramount. Well, thank you for joining me on the podcast today as we've been talking about challenges of ministry leaders today. I appreciate LifeWay Christian Research for the hard work they've done putting this survey material together. It gives us good information to address real issues, and I hope I've done that today. Put it into practice as you lead on. 